You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm here with Cash and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you today on the show we are going to talk about mark murphy's comments that made some waves over the weekend we are going to talk about the news of a suspension of a young player in green bay and we're going to do some narrative discussions some talks about the stories we tell ourselves and each other about Jordan Love in this case and what he was and wasn't as a prospect. More on that coming up. Let's start with Mark Murphy because he, depending on who you ask, either put his foot in his mouth or just said a true thing. When in relaying an anecdote about Ted Thompson, He referred to Aaron Rodgers as a complicated fella. That is the quote. And and he is relaying what Ted Thompson called Aaron Rodgers. Now, in doing so, he also said, you know, the Packers are committed to Rodgers, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing that goes viral, the thing that gets shared widely on social media is the complicated fella line. Look, he said himself, the less... You say the better. The less each side says the better. And there are going to be people who say, okay, well, then don't say this. And I get that. I'm sympathetic to that idea. Just like don't don't say this because it it reflects precisely the criticism that it seems Rogers and and certainly those who are on Rogers' side in all of this, such that there are sides. Um, are saying, look, this is this is the problem, is you just don't know how to talk to people and you don't know how to talk about people and you don't know how to support people and you don't know how to be about people, which is almost literally what Aaron Rodgers told Kenny Mayne. The other side of this is Aaron Rodgers, complicated fellow. And and that, that's not a, a critique to me. That's not a that's not a dig. I'm complicated. I know a lot of people are complicated. Most people that I know are complicated. Simple people, you know, usually not that interesting because they're usually simple about stuff that I'm just like, yeah, we're not doing this. Uh, nah, nah, that's okay. In fact, a lot of the things that that we find so appealing about Aaron Rodgers, you know, the fact that, you know, he goes on these the Pat McAfee show and, and offers you know, a glimpse behind the scenes, as it were, that he's willing to be honest about certain things uh, is something that we find appealing about Aaron Rodgers. We don't usually get to see that from star athletes. 
They're so calculated, you know. They're they're LeBron James in a movie wearing the number six, and so in the real life uh, world of the NBA, he changes to number six. That's the world of superstars we're used to. Being complicated is what makes people human. It's what humanizes athletes to us because we see ourselves as complicated. Superstar athletes, all athletes really, are to the people who watch them oftentimes two-dimensional characters. They lack depth. They lack humanity. And when you see someone who provides that depth for you, you are drawn to them. Brett Favre. God, was anyone more complicated than Brett Favre? And not because he was some deep intellectual. LOL, he wasn't. But he failed. And he failed. He failed publicly. He failed privately. He failed on the football field. But the triumphs were spectacular. And yes, he was simple in that his the character, you know, the, the, the part he played, the aw shucks guy, that was simple. But Brett, no, Brett was complicated. Aaron is complicated. A lot of our favorite athletes are Tiger Woods, impossibly complicated. And, and we're finding out more and more about those people as they age, which is in a lot of ways, the beauty of being a veteran is you're no longer chasing, you know, that, that pure fame. You're no longer chasing the approval of everyone. You understand, okay, these are the people in my corner and that's it. And they either support me or they don't. And so I can just be me now. And sometimes that means we get to see the warts. We get to see things that we wouldn't otherwise see. So again, when I hear the president of the Packers say that Aaron Rodgers is complicated, it's not a it's not a dig. It's not a critique to me. And I don't I don't know what Aaron thinks about that. But I do understand the fans who are going to say, "Mark, kindly shut up," because this is exactly what we all think. Now you know there maybe maybe we all don't think that, but but fans say that. The problem is that you guys don't understand how to talk about, how to treat, how to talk to Aaron Rodgers. And and the, the fear would be, if you're a Packer fan, is that Rodgers is not the only star player who feels that way. You, you certainly wonder, how does Devontae Adams feel about the way he's treated in Green Bay? How does David Bakhtiari feel about the way, how does Aaron Jones, Zadarius Smith... How is Jair Alexander feeling? Someone who is about to get hella paid. How does he feel about his relationship to management? How do they treat him? And if this administration ruined the relationship with their star quarterback, then, you know, how how do they treat less important players? Because there's no one more important than Aaron Rodgers on the Packers. And that's been true for, what, 15 years. Aesthetically, to me, that's the worst part of it is it it feeds into a criticism that I think, you know, reasonable people can disagree on. And I think reasonable people can disagree on how big a deal this is, because to me, I heard the words and I was just like, yeah, OK, whatever. 
Aaron Rodgers is complicated. Yeah, he is. He is. And if we are going to appreciate Aaron Rodgers for his candor and the beautiful mystery and not knowing his future, then, you know, I, I think we can we can leave some room for Mark Murphy to be honest about Aaron Rodgers and why a deal isn't done, why he's not in camp. Why is it why isn't it just as simple as, yeah, Aaron will do whatever you say? Well, because he's complicated. Because it's not that because it's not that simple. He's not that simple. Well, duh. Duh. So this is not groundbreaking to me. It's not, I mean, I understand why it's news, quote unquote. But I don't know that that this affects the way Aaron Rodgers feels about the Green Bay Packers. I can't imagine that it does. Now, it does make it easy for him if he is inclined to do it or supporters of him to say, see, this is exactly what I mean. Is that fair? Look, I don't know. I don't know. You know, something I, I say to people in my own life that, you know, it doesn't matter if you think it's reasonable that I'm upset. I'm upset and you care about me. So let's try and figure this out or, or vice versa. And, and look, you know, I don't always live up to that standard. I wish I did, but I don't. People in my life, they're upset and I don't think they should be. I, but that's, you know, it's not my place. But I just, you know, reason, reasonably, logically, I'm just like, yeah, well, this is not that big a deal. But I care about these people. They're upset. It matters to me. And so I should seek remedy to that. I would hope that they would seek remedy to that for me, even if they think I'm being unreasonable. And that is where I wonder about what's going on in Green Bay. How much does each side care about fixing it? I mean, really, how much do they really care? And we, we just don't know. We, we know what the public stances are. The Packers have made it very publicly clear that they want to fix this. Um, and publicly, we don't have anything from Aaron Rodgers. Privately, we have a lot of discontentment. Doesn't seem like he wants to fix it. Now, that is a narrative. But if that weren't true... Someone like Aaron Rodgers has a lot of avenues through which he can offer his side of the story. And he's doing that. You know, Rodgers-friendly journalists and, you know, players who know him. I mean, James Jones went on the radio and, and spoke and said, I talked to Aaron. Is it to say, you know, I know this is how he feels. There are ways for him to get his side of this all out. So... I, I, but I don't know how much he actually wants to fix it. I, I, just, I don't know. And I don't even I don't even say that to imply that he doesn't or does. I don't know. I think the Packers do. But how far are they willing to go? And frankly, I think and I, I'm just trying to put together the pieces here. You know, this is this is just like mildly informed speculation. I think Aaron Rodgers wants to fix it. Because if you really wanted to be traded, you you ask earlier in the process to do that. 
And that's just one of like a hundred reasons I think Rodgers wants this resolved and I want and wants to be back in Green Bay. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I. I and and none of us do. And I don't know that the Packers do. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers does. And that's part of the problem. And so when you know AJ Hawk says there there are problems on both sides, I think this is this is such a great example. This is a Rorschach test. If you are inclined. To side with Aaron Rodgers against management, I get that, totally. You're going to say, God, that Mark Murphy. No people skills at all. And if you are, you know, someone who is just like carry the G, Rodgers is being a diva, that person, and there are plenty of people in between. I don't I don't mean to paint everyone with, with that broader brush, but if you are that person, you're going, what's the deal? It's true. Rodgers are complicated. Who cares? Not a big deal. And when Mark Murphy says that that this situation has divided the fan base, I mean, ironically, this is this is him saying something that is proof positive that the situation has, in fact, divided the fan base. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your online sports book. Experts are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season in full swing, the NBA playoffs, Stanley Cup playoffs. We've got the U.S. Open in golf coming up. We just had the French Open in tennis. Novak Djokovic did his thing. Plenty to wager on. So get thee to Bet Online, laptop, mobile device, whatever you want to use. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore this is your chance to get in on the game head to the website or use your mobile device and sign up today and get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on that's right when you put in the promo code locked on and make a deposit bet online will match it up to 50 percent because bet online is your online sports book experts i want to i want to bring up something we are on this show, sort of by definition, trafficking in narratives and what is being said. People are saying, I'm not saying, but people are saying, right? And there is a lot that has been projected onto Jordan Love, the Aaron Rodgers situation being chief among them. And before Rodgers was publicly pissed, I think it was easy to just say, well, let's just let it play out and you know we'll see. And there were there were always going to be a certain group of fans who were just like, Jordan Love sucks, the pick sucked, and the Packers, Brian Gutekinst sucks. And some of those fans are actually Bears fans, but some of those fans really are Packers fans. And in order to prove themselves right, we just have to make Jordan Love worse and worse and worse. And any explanation, any accurate representation of what he was as a prospect is just fully erased. And that doesn't mean we need to engage in some sort of hagiography. But Jordan Love was asked about the comparison to Patrick Mahomes and gave an answer about it. And said, you know, arm, playmaking, that's where I'm like Patrick Mahomes. And 
now now the the idea for those of, of you who want to and not just you listeners but other people who want to undermine the Jordan Love pick there is this uh desire to say well but he sucked he wasn't good in college was not a good prospect no one was going to take him why did they have to draft him and and what's more, why did they have to trade up to draft him? So here's the deal: if he was good enough to pick at 30, he was good enough, good enough to pick at 26. That's it. As a quarterback, those four spots are meaningless. If he's good enough to pick at 30, he's good enough to pick at 26. And and probably if he's good enough to pick at 30 or 26, he's good enough to pick at like 15 because quarterbacks are just that valuable. And if he declares after his breakout sophomore season. He probably goes in the top 15. But Jordan Love was being compared to Patrick Mahomes pre-draft. And he did not have the same sort of love from, you know, NFL draft Twitter that Patrick Mahomes did. I'm not comparing him to Patrick Mahomes in that, you know, he's going to become the best quarterback in the league, the best quarterback of his generation, you know, an MVP, anything like that. I don't know. But that name was mentioned with him a lot, a lot, a lot. And we can't pretend that love was something that he wasn't pre-draft because you didn't like the pick or because it turns out Aaron Rodgers is pretty pissed off about how this has all gone down and just like not Jordan the person, but Jordan the idea. Roger seems pretty mad about about that, that the Packers would draft Jordan Love or anyone like him, anyone that played quarterback. But if you watched ESPN, if you watched NFL Network, if you listened to podcasts, that comparison was out there. Dan Orlovsky made it on Get Up and posted a clip of it a while ago on Twitter and, and again recently. And, you know, is it a perfect one-to-one comparison? No. Daniel Jeremiah mentioned it at the Combine, the comparison to Patrick Mahomes. Todd McShay bet Mel Kuyper that Jordan Love would go ahead of Justin Herbert and coming out of the Combine, it was reported by NFL Network and ESPN, oh, Jordan Love could be a top 15 pick, top 10 even, could be in play for the Colts before they traded for DeForest Buckner. We can't pretend that he was... A bum. He wasn't. But when you have an offseason where you don't get to see him, he's not at minicamp. No one gets to rave about his arm. He's at training camp, but it's a limited training camp. And he's a quarterback who is not going to take a lot of reps because of, you know, the starter, Tim Boyle, already time in the offense. And it's a, a COVID training camp. I mean, Matt LaFleur said it. There were times when he was running plays at minicamp that he had maybe only repped once or twice in the preseason last year. Very limited reps. So this idea, oh, uh, we didn't see the arm talent. We didn't see anything. We didn't see anything. So very small sample size. This is the day football is like this in general. 16 games. That's a pretty small sample size. Even fewer when we're talking about, you know, three, four preseason games. And then you, then you take that away and you're talking about 10 practices that you saw 
And now it's, oh, well, we didn't see the talent. Now, everyone agrees, players, coaches, media, that love looks better this year, looks more comfortable. The ball is coming out. But guess what? We're seeing the talent. We're seeing the talent that had him compared to Patrick Mahomes. The ability to work outside structure, to when the play breaks down, to make a play. Playmaking is something that Jordan Love defines his game by. I mean, explicitly, he says that that's his best trait, just being a playmaker. And what we've seen so far is the progress has been made more with him from the pocket, that he is better equipped now to hit his back foot and make throws. And, you know, the mini camp where he really shined, really lit it up against the defense designed to not allow big plays. And he's making these shot throws and he's hitting A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones on wheel routes. And he's hitting Alan Lazard in coverage for 40 yards. He's hitting MBS on deep in routes for 25, 30 yards. Then the arm talent starts to show up and it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. There were all these conversations about what he could be and what he looked like and what the talent was, even if he needed time. And everyone agreed he needed time. But that's not the same as saying he has no talent. And we have to be willing to walk and chew gum on this. We have to be able to make those distinctions because they're important distinctions. Because when we're talking about risk reward, and this is something I talked up uh, in, in the lead in to the draft. I said the risk with Jordan Love was too much for me. Was too much for me. Given where the Packers were in their arc, in their development, and where Aaron Rodgers was in his career. And even with you know a down 2019 season, a down 2018 season, he was better in 2019 than 18. An injured 2017 season, I'm going too much risk. But the reward, we talked about it. The reward was there because the talent was there, is there. And that's the part that I think we have to remember. Now, we, we can't just hand wave the risk. And part of the risk was drafting him a year or two too early pissing off your star quarterback and being in the position that the Packers currently find themselves in. And so that is built into the cost of making a pick like that, built into the risk of making a pick like this. The Packers, they knew on some level that this could happen. And they made the pick anyway. And I think that, and maybe we haven't said this enough, really relays a confidence in what Jordan Love is. Remember, Matt LaFleur fist-pumped on national television, so whatever he says about the pick, he says about the pick, but the guy was excited about it. And I just don't want to play this revisionist history game where we go, oh, no, he was a third-round pick, maybe a, maybe a second-round, late second. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. And we, and we can't pretend like he was. And one of the reasons why we, we've gotten so far from that analysis is we didn't get a chance to see anything from him early on because if we just see those glimpses the same glimpses we saw in minicamp and maybe we wouldn't see them but in a normal set of circumstances where he gets rookie camp he gets OTAs he gets mini camps he gets training camps my guess is we see some of those glimpses and we get the we get the stories oh Jordan Love showing the potential that made him the first round pick oh Jordan Love made a play oh Jordan Love had a day where he threw five interceptions high risk High risk. We knew the reward was there, but the high risk. And then we could we could revisit 
the draft stuff. All of the things now with Jordan Love, unfortunately, is slapped onto the backdrop of the Aaron Rodgers situation. So we can't actually have a reasonable, logical, on-the-level conversation about Jordan Love without doing it with the specter of Aaron Rodgers looming over it. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They sent us this new flavor, Grasshopper. Oh my goodness. Whenever they do the Marshmallow Center, you've got to jump on it. it these are unbelievable. I, I've never tasted anything like it in a protein bar. They are fantastic. And somehow, despite the fact that all their bars are covered in 100% chocolate, they are high protein, high fiber, low sugar, and low calorie. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can use for the important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Don't do it. Go to rockauto.com instead. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oils, and new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Um, an unfortunate story from the weekend, um, Jay Sternberger suspended the first two games of the 2021 season um, for violating the substance abuse policy in the NFL, um, stemming from a situation actually um, early in 2020 where he fell asleep at the wheel, uh, mixed antidepressants and alcohol. He has uh, sought counseling, sought therapy. Um, and um, sounds like he's doing a lot better. Uh, he is a player that we've talked about on the show uh, that, that has a lot to prove. And I know he wants to do that. This is uh, an unfortunate mistake, a mistake that he owns and, you know, says, you know, he made a statement about it and, you know, said my my, my teammates and, and my coaches were the first people to know about it. Uh, he is trying to own it, is trying to work his way back. And remember, um, they knew about this last year. So he played last year um, and, and had, you know, at, at times a, a nice role in this offense as this sort of second pass catching tight end behind Big Bob Tunyon. So I don't know how this is going to affect his status on the team moving forward, but I just, I, I, I made some comments after the news came out and I think everyone understands, you know, this was, this was a mistake. Chase understands it, but it is a reminder that we don't know what these athletes are going through, you know, sort of take the, the big mistake aside, the mixing of the alcohol with the medication. He was on the medication because he needed it and has, you know, been, been in counseling and therapy and is is working really hard off the field so that he can be better on the field and vice versa. It is a good reminder that 
uh, pro athlete money does not solve every problem in your life. And it is a good reminder not to go on social media and be jerks to, to athletes. They are, as I said at the beginning, not two-dimensional characters. They are three-dimensional people. They have struggles. They have issues. And you don't know what they're dealing with. So when when someone drops a pass, when Marquez Valdez-Scantling drops a pass, don't go on social media and be a jerk and at him and say all kinds of nasty things. Uh, they They see that. And you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what that's like. And again, none of this is to excuse the behavior. There's a reason he's being suspended. There's a reason he was, you know, uh, cited for this. So I'm not. I'm not excusing the behavior. That's not what this is about. I hope. I hope Jace is is doing well. I hope that you know he's he's killing it on the field. I hope that he gets an opportunity to show what a good football player he is. But more than that, I hope that he's doing well as a guy. As it, it can be hard to be a human sometimes, just a person. Forget everything else. Just to, just to be a person, it can be tough sometimes. And we all struggle with it on varying levels. And so I think this is a good reminder for us to remember that and how we see them and how we view them and how we treat them. I'm not, I'm not you know, celebrating someone who made a mistake. That's, that's not the thing. So if that's if that's your perspective, I think you should probably um, turn inward on why that is your perspective. But he did make a mistake. Um, there's no excuse for that mistake, and he's owned it and he's moved forward. And um, you know, I, I think a lot of people would like grace in that situation. You know, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see how this affects him and, and his career. But um, the team supported him last year. And it seems like they're going to continue to do so. So we'll, we'll see. All right, more coming up this week uh, as we as we get closer to training camp. Just uh, more than a couple weeks, but but you know not too long before we get to see the players on the field. Will Aaron Rodgers be there? Will we get any indication about whether or not he will be there? Who knows? Who knows? But we will talk about it here. Make sure you check out Locked On Today. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All the news in sports that you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. I host it. Please go check it out. Also, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers. <laughs>